Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I'm so glad you're with me for another week as we continue to chronicle all things e-commerce through the lens of 4x400, the holding company, D2C holding company that acquires, operates, and grows brands that I have the privilege of leading. This week on the show, I'm going to be telling you about things I am bad at. Uh, I have just been thinking about this as a leader and uh, as as we continue to build the organization, just trying to think more seriously about um, areas where I am weak and what is what am I doing about those? All of us, I think, if we are honest, and I hope I hope that you are able to see this in yourself. If you're honest, you know there are areas, no matter where you are in your uh, business, whether you're just starting or whether you're a CEO or a board member or whatever, um, I'm sure there are areas where you're weak. And so I wanted to tell you just sort of what I'm, what some of those areas are for me and what I'm thinking of uh, what to do about them because we're gonna, we're gonna face it, so how do we handle our weaknesses? So that's what we're gonna get into today. Stay with me. So weakness is reality. Uh, there, there just is nothing in the world uh, at which I am awesome at everything at. Uh, this is true up to the highest levels of most things, even when they are incredibly measurable. It's just so rare. I mean, I mean, it's so rare that somebody out there is awesome at everything. I'm a huge baseball fan. There is one player in baseball right now I can think of who is literally great at everything, and every time he's been bad at something, he just gets great at it, and that's Mike Trout. Uh, for the the for the Angels, the best baseball player alive, and um, you know the amazing thing about Mike Trout is that every time he has had a weakness in baseball, I mean, really anything, any any time metrics show he's not that great at something, Trout just goes and gets better at it, and the next season he actually becomes the best at it. The reality is, for the vast majority of us, we are not going to be like that. Um, we we're not going to be that kind of achiever to where you will always have some kind of weaknesses. And the challenge with weakness is knowing what to do about it. Because what I recognize in myself as um, a CEO is that aspects of who I am are going to percolate throughout the entire company of 4400 and often without me knowing it. Uh, so, so, I mean, first probably baseline, you know, before you talk about any specific weaknesses, one of the things that might be good to think about here is just to make sure that you're getting feedback about this sort of thing in general, because if you are not, uh, it could be creating all kinds of other problems for you. So, um, so definitely get critical feedback, uh, know your weaknesses and deal with them. And, and hopefully also you deal with those in a way that, you know, has some humility and, and, and you can handle that. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny, humility itself may be a weakness for you. Maybe that's an area where, you know, you could stand to, listen better or something. Well, you, you know, then that's the weakness. That's what you focus on. So um, even if your weakness is not being good at recognizing your weaknesses, well, then that's a weakness. It is. It's a, it's a weakness. So, so to know what to do with that. So anyway, that's, that's kind of baseline thinking here. Let me just jump in. Let me just tell you three areas. Um, and and the, the thing that spurred this thought actually was the question I answered on last week's episode about sort of organizational building and allocating resources. There were actually more parts of Jorge's question that I didn't get to. And um, that's because I was thinking, man, I don't know what I would say about this. And I don't feel like I'm good enough at some of the things that Jorge is asking me about to get in front of the microphone and tell you what to do. Um, like this, this is the last thing anybody needs, you know, is another podcast about, uh, yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so, so that, anyway, that got me thinking about weaknesses and what I'm doing about them. And so, so let me give you three of them. Number one, Process building. 
Okay. Um, I am not a good operations process building person. I tend to think sort of, uh, I don't know that it's all big picture, but I tend to have a, a pretty strong focus on sort of like what the thing is that we need to do next. Um, I'm strategic in that way. I think I, I have a pretty good eye for like what the next test we should try and an ad account is, or the next, broadly speaking, the next like um, area of the business that we need to get better, that we need to build out, whatever. Or uh, yeah, th those kinds of things I'm, I'm pretty good at, especially at the brand level. If you think about my pathway to my job, um, it all came through growth. So strategic growth marketing stuff is how I got there from starting at, as an ad buyer at Kalo um, through to be, you know, to working in, in strategy at Common Thread Collective and becoming the head of strategy there and then becoming the head of growth at 40400 and then eventually the CEO. Those were all growth pathways, which means I've spent most of my time thinking about how to grow things. And with time and with reps comes expertise, more and more expertise all the time. And so that's how I've gotten good at that area. I've, I've had time to build uh, skills around growing brands online. Um, so with process building, you know, I really didn't, I haven't had to do most of that. Um, most of the process building that had happened along the way had been other people's jobs uh, while I was doing all of that. So in my job was focus on growth. And then, um, in a lot of different ways, it was, it was, uh, it was somebody else's job to, to build process. Like I said, so the question is, um, what do I do about not being good process wise? I, and I should say more about that. Um, here's the thing I mean, like, the reason this is important is because the more we grow, the more we have to operationalize knowledge that we have. Um, I, I think about this all the time. My This podcast is called the e-commerce playbook. If I'm honest with you, I don't actually have an e-commerce playbook, despite that somewhere in my head are all of these like default things, standard operating procedures, you might say, that I would do in a given situation, but that is not on paper anywhere for anybody else to see. And it's not holding anybody else. And so that means... You know, that means, and not that I want to micromanage people, but I do think I have some valid opinions at this point that are tested enough to say, this is at least the first thing we should try in a lot of cases. And, and I can say that with some level of expertise and authority. And, uh, and yet, I am so poor at putting those in, in down through the organization in a way that those are getting to other people so that we are kind of moving as a team, focusing on developing the right thing next. Um, and, uh, so yes, I'm also not great, uh, at measurement on a lot of things. And so that those two tend to go together. If you can measure it, you know, you can't, can't manage what you can't measure. And so, um, if I can measure it, then I can hopefully build process to create the, the outcome. I'm decent at measurement, but the sort of the technical side of it, um, sometimes gets past me. Um, so, so it just takes me a long time. So, um, so that's, that's the areas where I, I really would like us to be better. I think about all these elements of like the totality of what an e-commerce brand should do. We own five brands and I've worked on, I don't know, a hundred others over time, probably something like that. I should at this point have a clear sense of what happens from Facebook ad down through purchase, at least of every element of how to make that as good and smooth of a process as possible and how to fix, how to plug every leak. Well, um, so what do I do about this? What do I do about this process wise? Um, and this is actually part of the thing I want to get at in this episode is, um, every time you come across a weakness in yourself, the next question after you've identified it is very clearly, well, what do I do about that? And what I think is that different weaknesses require, uh, different solutions. Okay. So, um, you know, when we were in an office, 
the simple thing to do about this was to paper over, especially as a small, smaller team, you know, for a while it was like less than a dozen of us in an office. Uh, and, and you could sort of paper over process weakness by being small, first of all. So, so you know, process just isn't as big of a deal when you're smaller. Um, and then secondly, just by sort of tapping each other on the shoulder and having a conversation. Um, it's not super efficient, but it works when you're on a small team and, and there you go. Well, now we're remote and we're bigger, so that won't work anymore. Um, and so my solution to that is going to be hiring primarily to hire and to empower other people to help build process and lead process building. Um, I think this is the kind of th- process building because it is a little bit of a vague, I mean, maybe the, the more technical term would be project management, but on a larger scale or operations. Um, what, what I think is that it, there are some skills that everybody recognizes are skills you shouldn't go try and get better at, but you should hire. Like I was thinking about this with graphic design. Um, graphic, graphic design is a, is a skill set that the fact that I am bad at it doesn't mean that I should try and do it myself, except for maybe if I was literally a one-man shop and I was doing the simplest ads at the cheapest level on the lowest budget possible, then maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe, I would try and do a little bit of very simple design myself, recognizing that the ceiling on that design was not going to be very high. But it pretty much as soon as you get past that, I'm going to hire that out. Because I recognize that with design, there is enough experience, talent, and training that has to go in. And it's all three of those, talent, training, and experience, okay, um, that go into graphic design that I should not try to approximate that myself. It's a simple reality of what, um, the work is that it requires real skill. So get a designer. Okay. So with operationalizing or so, uh, what I think people do with process and with org building is that they don't treat operate, operate, uh, operationalizing, excuse me, operationalizing processes that same way. They don't think about it as that kind of skill. Instead, they sort of think, oh, I can kind of paper over it. I can do it myself. And some people probably can, But what I think is that the the more complex an organization gets, it's more likely that you are actually going to need somebody with those same three things, experience, talent, and training in those. And and I know from being around some of my favorite um, teammates I've ever been around, people who are naturally talented operations and process people in in the same way that, you know, my designers, I could say with all of them, there is a natural baseline creativity and talent there on which they can build. Now, you have to add experience and training to that for sure. But there, there are some skills, I think, where there is going to be a baseline of talent for some people more than others. And for me, I would say operations and process building, the, the, the detail-oriented aspect of that is simply not something that is at all natural to me. So could I get better? Yes, I could if I did talent training. But instead of trying to get better at that skill, and this is kind of the point that I'm getting at here, I'm going to hire it out, okay? So number one, I'm not a good process builder, um, it's a really valuable skill and my solution to it is hiring. Number two, finance. Uh, I am pretty numerate, I would say, uh, decent with numbers, um, but I'm not a hard numbers person. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't have an engineering type mind where there's a real mathiness to me. Um, I, I always think back to this, like when I took my SAT in high school, I, I scored exactly the same um, on the English uh, side and the math side. And that's sort of a perfect little, like, still baseline um, encapsulation of the way my brain works. Like, I'm capable in both, but I'm not, um, 
I'm not a standout on either, and I'm pretty even on both. And and that ends up working as a decent generalist skill set, and which is e-commerce. You know, for, it's not a technical kind of job mostly, so it works out as a good alignment of uh, of natural skills, training, experience, all that kind of stuff with uh, where I'm at now in my in this career and with this position. Okay, um, but. Being the CEO requires a level of finance, of financial literacy, and of thinking well about finance um, that's just natural to the job. So, um, and I'll say, it's not always super intuitive to me. There's a level of this where, um, kind of like the process thing, I would say it's more intuitive than that in some ways to me, um, but kind of like the pro- uh, process, process thing where I don't naturally look at cash flow and see all the moving parts moving together very well or like thinking through cost of capital relative to, um, you know, return on that capital. Um, I don't, I don't make those connections nice easily. I'm getting better at it. Um, but I'm not great at it. So what's the solution to that for me? It's, it's learning, it's education. So whereas solution number one is hiring in this case, um, there is a hiring component to this. So there's probably actually a little bit of a blend. Um, I think, you know, there are definitely other people who are taking leads on the finance side of our business and whose input I take very seriously, but I'm supplementing that element of it though. I mean, there is a technical skill set there where you need somebody who can be serious about it. Right. Um, and so that's sort of obvious. Um, but for me in this area, it's still a weakness. Even if I'm not the main person handling finance at all the time for us, I have to be conversant on this area. So the solution there is learning for me. That's, um, starting with um, the book, How Finance Works, uh, just kind of that simple. Um, I'll tell you, another great solution to this, for er- for, uh, for those of you who are like me and need to get better here, uh, Common Thread Collective put out um, what Taylor said was a document that would have saved him $1.2 million if he had learned it earlier. Uh, and it's just a giant list of resources around sort of areas of business, particularly finance, where Taylor suggests that he could have gotten better and he wanted other people to get better. So I'll link that in the show notes. Check it out. There's a ton of reading there and a ton of like just resources that will help you get better in this area. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to follow that list and keep reading. Part of the goal here is to put, um, 30 minutes a day at least into, uh, as, as long as I can spare it, and it's, it's hard to make time for this kind of long-range thinking, but it can be helpful. 30 minutes a day, and I'm, I'm not always great about it, but 30 minutes a day into um, simply uh, reading more uh, on this area and just boning up, getting better at better at um, thinking a little bit technically. I'm never going to be a CFO. It's just not, it's not going to happen, but um, I can get conversant in a way that is going to make me a much better CEO with the help of great thinking around me. So uh, process building, I'm mostly hiring. Finance, I'm, I'm uh, doing a kind of a combo, some hiring, and then also educating myself. And then I'm going to give you a third one. I'm not good at direct confrontation. Um, I am uh, a people pleaser and an optimist. And, uh, and so, and as a manager in a company, one area that I have to be good at for the sake of the employee as well as the organization, and, and for the sake of the employee as much as anybody else, is critical feedback. Direct, good quality critical feedback, including stepping into the tension of conversations like that. I tend to be a people pleaser. I get uncomfortable when there's tension. I get uncomfortable um, having sort of confrontational conversations. Uh, and I've gotten much better at this, but I'm not, again, sort of naturally, I'm not great at that. Whereas some people are great at, in fact, thrive in tension. Um, if you're an Enneagram person, I'm an Enneagram three. 
Um, I think of people who are Enneagram eights who can step into tension, actually love tension. I had, I remember having one employee uh, who worked for me, awesome, awesome guy when I was at Common Thread Collective, who um, really knew himself. And, you know, he, his little phrase was for, for him, confrontation is connection. Like he would love to have confrontation and to have, so, so he actually really craved directly that if, there, if I saw something with his work that was a problem, that I would just bring it up like really directly, that I would just tell him exactly what was going on. And if he wanted to argue with me, he'd argue, and then he'd walk away and think about it, and he appreciate it. He actually felt cared for by doing that, right? And that's not naturally necessarily me. I actually do really appreciate great quality critical feedback, um, but, but again, I have a hard time stepping into that. It's a critical skill. I have to have it. Um, so what is my solution to that? My solution to that is therapy. Um, and, and I, I want to make this point to get it a little bit of like kind of how I think weaknesses work in the world. Some things are skills that you should get better at. Some things are skills that you shouldn't try to get better at uh, and that you should have somebody else do instead. Um, and then some things are actually not really skills at all, but they're sort of beliefs about yourself and, um, narratives you have in your mind and scripts you have in your mind. And, um, and that's been the beauty of therapy. So when I first started therapy, uh, a long time ago, it was not for anything related to this. It was, I was just working a bunch of stuff out in my life and was dealing with therapists and it was great. And it was kind of, you know, working through the, the sort of normal therapy stuff, right? Something happens in your life that makes you have an emotional reaction and you go deal with the therapist. It was great. Highly recommended. <laughs> go do it. Um, you know, it was, um, it just was a really valuable time. So then I kind of came out of that and thought, okay, I'm done with therapy at least for a while, but I'll probably go back at some point. And when I went back uh, the last round, uh, which is probably six months ago or something like that, um, I realized that I was, I really want, I actually crave getting better at having direct conversations, being able to um, show up to conversations where I myself um, am willing to actually create tension, um, to use tension as potential energy in people's lives and to use that as a way to get the most out of them and actually show them that I care about them and that I want the best for them. Um, but that I would often step away from that. And there's other times, you know, when uh, as, as a pure skill, it really matters for a million things. So, um, I mean, yeah, it goes well beyond work. But work was actually the main arena I was thinking about it in. So I went back to my therapist. And this is actually the second time I'd done that. I went back to my therapist and said, hey, this is something I'm thinking about. Let's talk about that together. Let's figure out where is that coming from with me? And we were able to identify some things that were just like, you know, here's how you're approaching. What, here's what's going on in your brain when you're thinking about this. And, and like, if you have a good therapist, you know, conversations went in all kinds of directions. Started there, but it went in all kinds of places you wouldn't otherwise expect. Um, and, and for me, that has helped. Now, I have to still practice this skill of doing this because I'm not, like I said, I'm not naturally there. But um, so, so it didn't fix it and come back all that was that and we're done and, and good to go. Uh, like I have to still practice this, but I have definitely gotten better at this by approaching this as an, as an area uh, where I got some great help, um, sort of a character and very human element. Something I always come back to is that we like to think of ourselves as one person at home and one person at work or like sort of um, we think of ourselves as... I don't know, there's like a professional version of me in a professional life, but we're actually just one person. So all of the normal stuff that you have and all of your frustrations and anxieties and emotional strengths and weaknesses, whatever, it's all part of it. And you're going to bring all of that with you to work. And so sometimes if you want to get better professionally, it actually has nothing to do with the professional skill set, even if it matters professionally. Um, so that's the way I handled that. Um, now, 
what am I going to do with the next set of weaknesses? Who knows? And there are many more than those, I assure you. Um, but, uh, but yes, those are some of the weaknesses that I'm dealing with um, and, and how I'm dealing with them. Uh, and as I come across more, maybe I'll just sort of cite them again or come back to them or something like that. I hope it's some help to you. Okay, so that's it. I'm uh, continue to follow Aaron Orndorff's original push for me with this podcast, which is bleed, bleed a little. Actually, I don't mind. Uh, that doesn't feel very bloody to me. It's, uh, the reality is weakness exists. And uh, one of the great things that's actually happened in my life over the last bunch of years has been to get really comfortable with that and to just recognize that weakness is part of life. Um, and I'm going to have those in all kinds of areas. They're going to exist as a husband and father, um, as a as a person well beyond as a friend, member of my church, all those things, they're all going to come up. Um, certainly, certainly in my job. Uh, so it's how you deal with them that matters. Um, so hopefully that's some help to you. Uh, I would love to hear how you're dealing with your weaknesses. If there's stuff that's been helpful for you, even in some of these specifics or, um, or, or, um, or beyond, uh, please reach out to me, Andrew, uh, email me, uh, uh, at Andrew, or excuse me, DM me. Holy cow. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter, DM me, hit like, mention me, whatever, at Andrew J. Ferris, or email me, podcast at 4 xcom I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening once again. And if you love this episode, I'm always so grateful to share it with a friend. Thanks. Have a good week.